0: tense negotiations, and the pressures of closing, while also getting insights on how to best navigate the public markets. Welcome back to part three of a three-part mini-series with Cody Sanchez talking about knowing your numbers. Today, we're going to be talking about cap tables and how important they are to entrepreneurs and is why investors look at them and really scrutinize them. So, Cody, let's get into it. Can you give us a high-level explanation of cap tables for entrepreneurs and why they're so important when raising money?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they basically show you who's invested in your company and what ownership percentage they have. So you can think about it as like an owner's list. And this owner's list shows people like me how many people you have invested in. you. It shows me what kind of people trust you with their money. The more sophisticated the investors, aka their funds, they've done it before, they're well known, they have industry expertise, they have a lot of money, all of that makes it easier for somebody like myself to invest. And then, you know, simultaneously, you want to see that these investors have some bigger pockets so that we know that if anything goes wrong in the company, you have plenty of people behind you who can help fund what's going on inside your doors.
0: Now, a question that is it better to have more people or less people on that cap table?
1: You know, it depends. I think if you had to choose between a ton of people and a few, you probably want to go with fewer. It's a lot of work to manage investors in a cap table. But there's two sides to that coin, right? Because more people could theoretically mean that they have, you know, more options if a few people choose to not re-up in a most recent funding round. So it can depend, but typically you'd want smaller more intimately involved with skin in the game. So the investment's meaningful to them and they're real proponents for your company. And they have very deep pockets where they can continue funding. That would be sort of a dream team.
0: Hmm. Why is it important to protect your cap table? Because venture capitalists, they need to make money on their money and they can put a lot of provisions or a lot of terms into their investments. So when it comes to protecting your cap table, what advice do you have and why is it so important?
1: Yeah. Well, you basically just have to make sure, you know, think about it from an investor's standpoint. We want to make sure that if we give you money now in the future, we're going to get as diluted as little as possible, right? So if I put in hundred dollars now, I know that if you keep raising and I don't keep putting in money, my hundred dollars will be worth less as a percentage of your company. So I, I would like to protect that as much as possible, but I also want to make sure that you're not putting people above me in the cap table. So that's when people talk about capital stacking. It's the person who has the first right to any money that comes out of your company. And typically, you know, as we know, there's debt holders and preferred equity holders are typically sitting at the top of the cap table. And then you have common shareholders or common equity that's at the bottom, and they sort of get the last distributions. So usually venture capitalists are going to want some type of preferred equity. And they're going to want some provisions to make sure that you can't put on a bunch of debt without talking to them.
0: Now, To carry on to that, from what you've observed in your venture capital work, how can entrepreneurs best manage their cap tables? And when I say that, that's the relationships of those who's on it, looking to the future of who may be on it or who may re-up, working with their lawyers to make sure that the provisions of current and future term sheets work together. There's a lot there. How can you properly manage that?
1: I mean, it, that's really dependent. I mean, the, the biggest thing I would say is like the way you start will affect the way that you end. So when you're first writing your first term sheet, it's really important how you write that term sheet and, you know, what the provisions are that are in it. If you're in Silicon Valley, term sheets for seed stage are pretty straightforward. You know, Y Combinators put out a famous doc that a lot of the The VCs will sign in some way, shape, or form. So there is some standardization that's already happened there. The only thing that I think you have to be a little bit careful about as you're growing and getting investors is really just making sure that you're well-funded enough. The problems with capital tables and funding rounds typically happen when people start to run out of money and then they panic. And then investors can smell that and they also need to be rewarded for taking risk of a company that's about to run out of money and so then they're going to do what's called a cram down. And that's where, you know, they'll go to the top of the capital stack and they will shift some equity away from those that don't have protective provisions in them. But all of this stuff is so normal that if you're just speaking to, you know, a venture capital or an M&A attorney, they're going to really be able to lead you well here. And then I'd talk to a few others who have raised funds at varying levels and make sure that you get their best practices for your industry and the type of company that you're raising.
0: I think you make a really good point there that there are a lot of resources out there, especially in the world of the kind of Silicon Valley style venture capital investing. And I really, I think it's quite neat that they're starting to become even a standardized early stage term sheet that these VCs are using. Next question I have is, what resources can you suggest entrepreneurs learn from on this topic? And one that I would reference would be Brad Feld's Venture Deals, which has really become a Bible of VC financing. What else comes to mind for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a slew of those. I remember reading Brad Feld's book back in the day. I would also just go sign up for like AZ16, which is Andreessen Horowitz's blog. They talk a lot about capital raising and how you know it works and how you should do it. Y Combinator has a slew of resources on this subject too. So I would check out Y Combinator. I also think that If you go to some of the other incubators and early stage funds, they're all competing for such competitive deals that they give away a lot of the secrets. And so, you know, they're trying to get into the next Google, and there's a lot of them trying to get into the next Google. So they're going to tell you things in order to sway you when you create the next YouTube to be on part of their team. And so I think, you know, learning that realm is pretty important. I also, I was just scrolling through, I remember it was just recommended to somebody else. There's another book called like Raising Capital for the Serious Entrepreneur. It's by a guy by the name of Berkery. That was pretty decent. And then Mastering the BC Game, which is Jeffrey busking That book was pretty good too. And then I think the most important thing is just having a really good attorney and being curious when they're drafting the docs that you understand all the terms within them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of my beliefs is that a cap table can be, the nail in a coffin for an entrepreneur, but they don't know it until a few years down the road. So yep. you have to be wary of what you do early. Cody, what do you say we wrap up this third part of our series? That said, you have a ton of content out there. You're constantly publishing on your work. Where can people find you and learn more about what you're doing?
1: I think the best thing would probably be contrarianthinking.substack.com. So if you go there, I write a weekly newsletter on different ways to monetize, to raise funds, to get passive income and ways to think critically. Hopefully there's just enough snark in there to be interesting. (laughs) And then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn at Cody Sanchez.
0: Awesome. Cody, thanks so much for making the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insider's Guide to Finance. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this with your friends and colleagues so they can benefit as well. You can also subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Play Store. Your support there is really appreciated. For future episodes, if there's a question, topic, or specific person you'd like me to interview, feel free to reach out. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or through my website at creativereturn.ca.